The woman who is caught in adultery. Good morning, Christian America. This is a well-known story in the history of the Bible. This is a well-known and often told story about Jesus's mercy, about his love for everyone, including the sinners. Today, when we get into scripture, let's look at how Jesus reacts to what's taking place in front of his eyes as a woman who is accused of adultery is waiting to be stoned. Let's see what Jesus does. Let's listen to what he says and watch what his actions are. Let's get into scripture today. We're going to be in the gospel of John chapter eight, starting at verse one. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. We do that in a few ways. One of these ways is this podcast, the Good Morning Christian America podcast, where we come to you to bring to you scripture in order, verbatim, show it to you, read it to you, talk about it in order, in context, so you don't be led astray. We're not picking and choosing different verses to fit a, a narrative, to fit an agenda. We're trying to give you the word of God so that you understand it. And then because we believe that the more that we understand God's message, the more that we study his word, the more that we listen to what he says, the more that we uh, read about his actions, the more that we follow his example, the better off that we're going to be able to live our lives individually, personally. But not only that, but the more that the better that we're going to be able to live our lives in communion with one another, with our families, to grow our family faith strong, with our communities, our neighbors to our left and to our right, that we're going to be, be able to build bonds of mutual love and respect because we are all children of God. And that's how we build, rebuild the fabric of our nation, how we mend the divisions that have been caused by our so-called leaders in this world, in this country. And so friends, that's what we try to do. If you support what we're trying to do here, we don't ask for donations. We ask for your participation. Share this link, share this video, share this podcast with your friends and your family. Subscribe to this YouTube channel, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe uh, to this Rumble channel, wherever it is that you're listening to it or watching it. And so friends, with that, we wanna get into scripture today. As we discussed, we're gonna get into the gospel according to John chapter eight, where Jesus, after the Feast of the Tabernacles, after um, conversations about who he is, who is the Messiah, after conversations about him specifically pointing uh, and the, the conversation to him being one with the Father and that him and the Father uh, will send the Spirit and to act on their behalf. He equates himself with God. That is what gets him uh, the, the, that's what the, where the cause uh, of blasphemy come from is because he equates himself with God. If you, a if you are a Christian, you believe in the Trinity, then you believe that that statement is true. John, the gospel, uh, uh, the, the disciple believed that that was true, which is why he included it so often in this gospel. And he lived the longest out of the original apostles to testify to that fact. So 
let not let's not be mistaken jesus is and has equated himself with god in this gospel and john records it it's that statement which is deemed as blaspheme blasphemy by the pharisees the sadducees the religious leaders and the elders of the jewish community in that time period and so once he says these things they come after him and they know they're going to come after him and he knows that they know that they're going to come after him and so they try to bring different scenarios to jesus to try to test him and hopefully prove him wrong in the eyes of the law and two prove him fraudulent in the eyes of his followers so they can gain their respect back in in the community so that they can gain their prestige back so that they can gain their power back because that's what a lot of these struggles have to do with is power so i want to invite you to turn your bibles to the gospel of john according uh, uh the gospel according to john chapter eight and we're going to start in verse one and in verse one it says while jesus went to the mount of olives but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area and all the peoples started coming to him he sat down and taught them then the scribes and the pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle he said to them teacher this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, no, sir. Then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Friends, this is a well-known passage of the Bible. This is a, a, a passage that is used in numerous sermons and, and, and numerous examples about the mercy of God, the mercy of, of Jesus, and how even a woman who was caught, Scripture says she was caught in the act of adultery. That means it, it's not perceived. It wasn't something that had been done. They literally just found her in the act of adultery, which according to the Old Testament, according to the Ten Commandments, it adultery makes that top ten list. It is a grave sin. It's a mortal sin. The Jewish people took adultery very seriously. 
and in the laws of Moses, as he said, in the laws of uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus, adulterers were supposed to be stoned to death. That is how they were supposed to punish those who went against the word of God. We know in similar circumstances when the elders come to Jesus in the book of Matthew and Matthew's gospel, and they and they bring up the law of Moses about adultery. And they ask him, well, and, and the, the adultery and, and divorce. And they ask him about divorce. They ask him about adultery. And Jesus's response to the elders is such that Moses gave you the law because of the hardness of your hearts. But now I say that if you commit, if you look at another woman with lust in your heart, you commit adultery, right? Jesus ups the ante in the idea of what adultery is, but he also reveals something very important. It's not that the old law is abolished because Jesus himself says, I don't come to abolish the law. He says, I come to fulfill it. And so what he's letting in is that the way that Moses taught, because the word that God or Jesus gave to Moses was due to the hardness of your hearts. You weren't prepared for the fulfillment of God's law, but now you are, and here I am. And so Jesus comes and explains this. In that whole context, here's this adulterous woman in, caught in the very act of committing adultery. They want to stone her according to the law that Moses gave him. Again, taking into account Jesus's understanding and previous teaching about the hardness of your hearts in past. But now we're here to understand a greater sense of what the law means. Not just the letter of the law, but yet the spirit of the law. And they bring this adulterous woman to be stoned. They, scripture says that they do this to test him. They want to find out if he will adhere to the law or will he not. Again, they're trying to pit him against the followers uh, that he has. Pit him against the word of God as they know it. And so Jesus does something radical. He does something monumental. He asks the would-be stoners, the would-be condemners, the, the one who was without sin, it's the first to stoner. And they walk away quietly. He does so in a respectful manner. He doesn't get confrontational. He doesn't start yelling. He doesn't try to justify himself. He doesn't try to out-philosophize or theorize in this crowded people. He takes his time. He contemplates. He's probably saying a, a small prayer as, he, as he's writing in the ground. I wish we knew what he was writing. But he asked a simple question. He makes a simple statement. Who has not sinned be the first one to throw the stone? And they walk away because they realize that they have sin. Christians should be the first to recognize that we have sin. And if we have sin, 
that we must first also, as Jesus says previously, that we must pull the beam out of our own eye before we go after the small twig in someone else's eye. And so Jesus in that moment shows mercy on this adulterous woman who is dragged out in front of them, who was mere seconds away from death and a brutal one at that. And Jesus saves her life. And he asked her a question, where are they? Have they not condemned you? And she says, no, sir, they haven't. His response is, neither do I. So Jesus doesn't condemn in that moment. But then the story is not over. His words are not finished. The last line, the last words that he gives to this adulterous woman is to go. And from now on, do not sin anymore. That means it's not okay to do what you're doing. It's not okay to be adulterous. It's not okay to be sinful. I don't, he's saying that I don't approve of this. I'm just not willing to condemn you right now. And they don't have the authority to, because they're full of sin themselves. Now, the logic would be the one who without sin has the right to stone. But since we aren't them, then we can't cast it. Only Jesus can. And in that moment, he chooses mercy. So he doesn't stone her. That's something that we as Christians need to remember. It's we have sin in our lives and we must be very careful as to pointing out all the sins and assuming the condemnation of others to come. But similarly, it's important that we still adhere to the letter and the spirit of God's laws, of God's commands. And at no point should we be encouraging sin. At no point in this example should you take away that Jesus thinks it's okay to commit adultery. Because that's what our society, that's what our culture is trying to do. They're trying to pull apart the teachings of Jesus to fit an agenda and say that Jesus didn't condemn, so it's okay. So it should be promoted, so that it should be celebrated. If that's what you take from this passage, you are sadly misinformed. We must adhere to the letter and the spirit of the law. We must follow the example that Jesus gives us. We must be slow with our words to condemn anyone unless we are without sin. And if we are in sin, which we are, we must seek the mercy of Jesus. And though he may grant us mercy, at no point should we take that mercy and assume that our sin is to be glorified or to be celebrated or to be promoted because you've received grace, because you've received mercy. That's not, nor will that ever be, the teaching of Christ. 
Friends, hopefully you get a good message out of this. Hopefully this passage makes you think about the way that we act with one another. If we are slow to condemn or not. If we are slow to forgive or not. If we treat each other as Christ treats this adulterous woman. If you like messages like this, again, we don't ask for your donation. We ask for your participation. Just subscribe to this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel, this podcast. Hit the notifications so you're uh, you're notified when a new video comes out. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, we continue down this journey through the gospel according to John. You guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.